This is Working Tech, where we talk about how tech can work harder so we can work better. Because hardly working isn't an option. And I'd say the third component is getting out of the mindset of measuring adoption and starting to measure addiction. Getting out of the just measuring how many times did someone log in, because that's not success. But how often are they coming back? How often are you putting out new content? How often are they consuming? That's the model we want to get to. Hey, everybody. This is Kevin W. Grossman, creator and co-founder of the Working Tech Podcast and one of the co-hosts. Myself, along with co-founder and co-host Bill Bannum, welcome you to our new series where we'll talk about all things tech in the working world around us, including HR, recruiting, and related technologies. Our guests will include those who make the magic happen so we can all work better. Here's the thing. We've come a long way in the world of work today when it comes to the business of human resources, recruiting, and talent management, empowering the entire workforce, and ensuring the right technologies are implemented, integrated, and adopted. But my guests in this episode believe that the workforce needs a continuous transformative hand in learning and in blowing up the status quo. Enjoy this conversation that I had with LeapGen co-founder and chief executive officer Jason Averbuck and co-founder and chief service officer Mike Brennan. Jason and Mike, thank you so much for being on Working Tech. Now, one of the things I do on my podcast is I'm always infamous for asking like two, three, four part questions, even in the beginning. So let's, let's start with this. First of all, why LeapGen? Is this a new take on the knowledge infusion that you both launched years ago? Is, is this something that's a little bit different considering the current landscape of workforce tech? And what, what is the key, one of the key primary challenges that you're addressing today? See, it's a lot. But let's start with there. So, Mike, you want to jump in first, or Jason, which one? Uh, this is Mike. I'll jump in, and as advertised, that was definitely multi-part. Kevin, thanks for having yes. us. By the way, you're welcome. You're welcome. As far as why LeapGen, both Jason and I, I'll speak for myself, and then he'll jump in. I'm sure. I personally see an opportunity to serve an underserved market, and that is the the worker. You know, using a broad stroke, and we've seen a lot of digital disruption happening in virtually every part of business. And a common theme is that the gap between a positive consumer experience as it relates to digital and a positive worker experience, the gap between those two things has been widening despite the innovation that's available to to both. So in terms of why LeapGen, we're squarely focused on helping HR organizations and IT organizations, really digital workforce transformation leaders, to, to use a label, narrow that gap. And in terms of the, the relation to knowledge infusion, the historical reference that you made, in some ways it is similar. I mean, we're providing some analogous service. We're helping organizations to build strategies and plans that reflect a, a personalized take on the, the future of work, really tear, tailor that future of work to their organizations. We're going to help with uh, deployments. We've already started doing that. The company's a month old, but we're working actively on projects, uh, both at the strategy phase as well as the deployment phase, where we're focusing as much as possible on delivering value to different user groups, be they employees, be they managers, be they contractors. Uh, We're also focusing uh, a bit more this time, I would say, than we did at Knowledge Infusion on a concept we're calling ROI, Run, Optimize, Innovate, and really the way to think about that, Kevin, is realizing that the value of new processes, new, technolo- new technologies, constantly evolving practices, 
after software goes live. So it's not, you know, success at go live, you hit a button and everyone walks away happy. A lot of people walk away, you know, from the, the project team that, that were involved. But what do you do with that technology, those new practices to keep them fresh, to keep them sustained, to keep them delivering value in a way that evolves with the business over time? And then lastly, I think one way we'll really differentiate LeapGen from Knowledge Infusion is through uh, an offering that we're calling Leap Academy. And we can touch on that more later if we've sure. got time. But really, the purpose of Leap Academy is through a one-to-many model uh, delivering education to digital workforce transformation leaders. So in traditional, if you will, educational contexts, on-site seminars, webinars, online learning, and, and so forth. Jason, do you want to add on to that? Yeah, just real quick, Kevin. I mean, my, so, you know, really, I mean, after going through the knowledge infusion experience and then going to the vendor side, one of the things that I notice is that this area is lacking leaders. And not leaders from a vendor side or leaders from a consultant side, but leaders inside enterprises. So the word leap and the word, the name leap gen comes from leap, meaning love, energy, audacity, proof. Love what you do to give you energy, to do the audacious and to prove value as we move into the next generation of work. So, you know, what's different about this than knowledge infusion? I mean, we're offering the same type of services, but, you know, our mission is truly to coach and to help organizations build the future leaders in this workplace. If you look at the timeline from a history standpoint, you know, at Knowledge Infusion, we did a lot of consulting that did some of that. Our real focus this time is how do we build that skill set and capability within enterprises so they're not using consultants 24-7. The thing that I like what I'm hearing the most right now is on the worker, on the employer, on the kind of the, the consumerization of what it is to work inside of organizations, not just with being full-time, but also your reference being a contractor as well, which is a growing part of the workforce today. That excites me. And I know the research I do with Talent Board, we focus on the candidate experience, both external and internal, mostly for those that aren't getting the jobs, but of course, a, a chunk of those folks are those who are currently working at or their same organizations looking for work. So to focus on the candidate as consumer or the worker as the, as the primary buyer of all this stuff at the end of the day, to be able to use it and, and Mike, to use your words, sustain it over time, that's, that's huge. So, and Kevin, if, if, just if I could just jump on, I mean, I'll just say everything that you just said, spot on, but it requires a completely different skill set within organizations. And you know what you just did was perfectly paint the picture of, what we're trying to do, which is help to skill organizations for what that whole change is around the worker, the type of worker, the experience, and sustainment. So let's let's talk about that a little bit more specifically. I know it's something that we talk about incessantly in the space, and we have for years now, but just really the impact on different kinds of technologies in the workplace, right? So the social aspect, the mobile, the data management even for that matter, um, and as it relates primarily to, to the business at large, but also to, to the individual workers themselves. Both based on your extensive experiences in workforce transformation, how do we continue this? How is this impact affecting organizations big and small today? Well, dramatically, and I think to, to varying degrees. And the, the gap that I referenced earlier in terms of the, the consumer experience and the worker experience, the, the consumers, and we're all consumers, we've realized greater changes in the way a, an organization serves us, serves us products, serves us services, and, and so forth. We've experienced less dramatic improvement, I would say. <laughs> That's probably an understatement in terms of how we're served as, 
as workers. Uh, so the we are seeing that the adoption of social and mobile cloud technologies allowing our clients to, to be more nimble. However, we think they need help in addition to the lack of leadership skills, the lack of data management, the lack of storytelling skills that most HR and a lot of IT departments have, as at least those focused on HR and workforce technologies, we're finding that we should start by helping to change the, the mindset. So just a, a quick example, mm-hmm. uh, in the case of a, of a deployment, you'll often have HR people from soup to nuts focusing on the design the configuration, the testing of a solution before it's rolled out. And a lot of HR organizations will, in fact, pilot a solution inside HR. That's the type of thinking, that's the type of mindset that we're looking to, to blow up. And we think we're uniquely positioned to, to do that. Uh, Jason, anything to add? I love this quote from Jack Welsh. I don't necessarily love Jack Welsh, but I love the quote from Jack Welsh, which is, when the change on the outside exceeds the rate of change on the inside, the end is near. And I think truly what we're doing in the HR workforce space today is playing a catch-up game where the technology in the hands of consumer has truly outpaced technology in the hands of the workforce Mm -hmm. inside the way we roll out technology inside the organization. And right now we're playing a very, very fast game of catch-up. You touched on this a little bit, but there's two things that that I heard that I wanted to have you both expand on just a little bit further. So... Jason, you mentioned there's a missing skill set internally in organizations today. And then, Mike, you mentioned blowing things up the way they are today. Can you connect those dots for us and give us just an example of what you're, what you're talking about? I think maybe the, the best way to illustrate this, Kevin, is to ask ourselves the question, and when I say ourselves, I mean HR, how are we removing the, the friction and enhancing the experience of the worker? Regardless of where they are in their journey, and just some examples, a new hire in a field organization who needs to be enabled to do quality work with the right equipment, with the right information, with the right training, uh, potentially. A contractor or a freelancer who works 100% remotely versus uh, an office environment. How do we remove friction for these workers? And the answer is not the same when you ask the question, how do we remove friction for workers from one organization to the next, one department to the next. And what we're positioning ourselves to do is work with organizations to truly target the unique segments within their workforce to leverage forward-thinking practices, to leverage new technologies that work for their particular constituencies, not necessarily taking a one-size fits all approach, which would be doomed to, to failure. I mean, the blow up in the skill set that I want to just talk about is this concept of perpetual beta. We should always be innovating. We should always be trying things. We should always be moving things forward. It's not we're implementing a module and we're done, you know, similar to Mike said. And that's just a different skill set and a different mindset. How do I market all the time, not just on launch? I think that it's a, it's a different skill set required and a, and a different mindset that I need to be really great at fail fast. I need to get really fast and really good at how do I define, how do I design, how do I adjust, and then start all over again, which is just a different mindset to how HR has worked over the last 30 years with technology. That's also predicated on the fact that you, you know, you're, you've got to be able to find those early champions now. I mean, what you're talking about is, is something that I completely agree with, but it's also can be quite a daunting change management initiative, right? And that's one of those things, I mean, 
talk about things that, that fail quickly, something getting, getting an organization big or small, getting their arms around that kind of customized changed internally, that can be really tough. What, even when you're just having some early conversations with some of these organizations that maybe even have an, have an inkling about, wow, we've got to do something different. What, what are you saying to them? Kevin, to me, it's how do you, you know, how do you actually think about the experience you're providing your customers and parallel that to the experience that you're providing the workforce, A. So you know, that's the first, what right. kind of experience are you providing the workforce? The, the second thing I would say is based on the technologies that they're using outside, so doing a quick search and finding what they're looking for, running a quick report on iTunes and finding the song or Spotify or looking for your podcast on iTunes, you know, how easy is that? You're not calling IS to do that or you're not calling an HRIS department to do that. Right. You're doing it yourself. So that consumerization is the second component. And I'd say the third component is getting out of the mindset of measuring adoption and starting to measure addiction. Getting out of the just measuring how many times did someone log in? Because that's not success. But how often are they coming back? How often are you putting out new content? How often are they consuming? That's the model we want to get to. Let me shift gears a little bit because we've been talking a lot about in, inside organizations and the, and the changes that, that need to take place. But also, let's talk about workforce technology providers. And we don't have to call any, any out specifically, but what are they getting right today when it comes to, to helping to facilitate these changes that you're talking about and so that, that need to happen in organizations? And what are they missing? I'll give you a, a hit and a miss. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll start the, the conversation there. I, I, I think... A hit, you know, something that they're getting right today, Kevin, is integrations. I, I think that's an area where uh, we've seen vast improvements uh, over the past decade, meaning that integrations are much more easily designed, developed, and maintained. And that's largely been enabled by open APIs. And these integrations right. are allowing organizations to stitch together best of breed technologies in sometimes very seamless ways. So I, I, I do think that that's an area that is fast evolving, is fast improving, but is an area where I personally, you know, on the ground working with clients have seen a lot more cost effectiveness, meaning it's less expensive and the integrations work more effectively than they did a, a decade ago, even five years ago. As far as misses go, I, I have to say I've sat across the, the table from HR and, and talent management executives enough times uh, where they're shaking their heads for one reason. And it, it's been in different contexts. It's been in the, the context of performance management uh, transformation rollouts. And it's been in the context of rolling out new applicant tracking systems. It's been in the, the process of rolling out new case management systems. And they often shake their head because the software just isn't usable enough. And sometimes it's because they may have inserted some unnecessary steps, maybe having a tough time breaking old habits. But I have seen many instances where it's simply because the software does not allow for simplicity. And you know, just a, a quick example would be, you know, I want a one-page performance review. They may not contain ratings. You know, different organizations are taking different approaches to how they transform performance management. But regardless of the simplicity that I want, I am finding myself asking employees, managers to scroll and scroll and scroll because there are certain fields that, you know, we just can't get rid of <laughs> because they're being dictated by the, 
the vendor. So I, mm-hmm. I'd say ability, and that's probably tied to a, a lack of testing with close enough to the end user or enough end users to, to test in a way that's going to make for a better finished product in terms of simplicity. Uh, Kevin, real quickly. So I think the big hit for me and a big thing that the vendors are doing is we've almost gotten away completely with people questioning cloud. So if you think about, you know, five, seven years ago, everyone's like, everyone's maintaining servers, everyone's maintaining data, et cetera, et cetera. We've almost gotten away from that question, like, is that the way it's going to go? Which is great. And I think the vendors have done a brilliant job 99% of the time in housing people's data, setting up instances, and building software that works that way so that enterprises don't have to worry about dedicating people to that. And they can start to focus on the more strategic aspects of what they're trying to do with the software. What I think vendors have missed and will continue to miss, and it's just an evolution, is helping people understand how to roll out their solution in a way that gets the most value. So I still see speed as the winner. And in this case, I truly think speed kills value. The vendors need to help organizations say, based on you, you specifically, not down the street, not across the hall. You specifically as an organization, what is it that you're trying to achieve? And here's how you use our tool to do that versus, hey, 99% of our customers do phase one like this. So we think you should do it like that. We don't live in a world where we're all the same and we shouldn't put in software in that model. Completely agree. And we could, gosh, we could have a whole nother series of shows again about adoption and configurability and, and, and all those things that we're talking about. But those, those are excellent points. What size organizations then are you do you work with and will be working with in what industries and is there a couple of quick hit challenges that are unique to them that you can share yeah sure so in terms of the the size organizations i mean we'll primarily work with mid-size and large enterprises uh we are finding that as the world has become flatter if you will uh due to largely to the social and mobile technologies we were talking about earlier a lot of you know, small and mid-sized organizations have problems that are as complex as their you know, mega enterprise counterparts as it relates to engaging, managing their, their workforces. Uh, in terms of industries, we'll, we're cross-industry. Um, and as far as you know, unique challenges, you know, they'll be different from one sector to the next and even within sectors, but I'll just give you some, some quick hits uh, as far as organizations that we're working with right now uh, in financial services, working with uh, an organization that is looking to differentiate how it keeps, engages, rewards its senior most executives, and in the process, rethinking how they manage performance and career development for those, for those folks. Uh, so we're dealing with a, a senior population. I don't think that's unique within financial services. Uh, financial services, times are good. Uh, right now, and they appear to be getting better. Uh, mm-hmm. So as it relates to engaging and retaining those folks, that's that's one example. Jason, do you have anything that you wanted to add to that? Well, a lot of people think, so a lot of people say, you know, say size matters or size doesn't matter. You know, to me, one of the things that I think is really important is that the larger the organization usually means the more employees it has, the more locations it has, and the I'm just going to use this word and it'll get me in trouble, but the older it is. So when I say older, it's got older habits. And I'd say one of the big things that we're working with organizations on today is how do you break those old habits and how do you sell that up the food chain 
so that we don't continue to live in this world of inertia. So I'd say that mid to large enterprises are our major targets because of that, because what we're finding is a lot of work around governance, a lot of work in helping organizations sell this change. And it's usually those mid to large enterprises that have bigger issues with that. Speaking of breaking up those old habits, then, uh, what's, what's the deal with Leap Academy? Tell us about what that is. So one of the things, Kevin, that drives me crazy is, and you know, you're out on the speaking circuit, I'm out on the speaking circuit, Mike's out on the speaking circuit. Everywhere around the world, people will say, how do you learn this stuff? How do you stay up to date? How do you, who do I follow? And oddly enough, you're still teaching people how to use Twitter, oddly enough. And you know, one of my fears is Twitter's going to go out of business before people, actually, before HR people actually get used to using it. Um, so for me, like what Leap Academy is designed to do, it's to bring the skill sets of the HR and workforce technology professionals and the business IT professionals up to the point where they're ready for the software today. I, I, we, Mike and I both, and you know, our whole organization firmly believes that in order to make this work, you have to move both vendors and customers up and to the right on the whole curve. And in order to do that, we have to educate customers. It's not just a consulting project where you go in, give them a strategy, say sorry, sayonara, and right. good luck. It's meant to be continuous. So Leap Academy is in-person education, but it's also an amazing community uh, ongoing through Slack where people continue to network, they ask each other questions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's always that support mechanism. Uh, you know, real quickly, I think knowledge is three C's. It's contextual, it's conceptual, and it's continuous. Conceptual, contextual, continuous. And if I could add a fourth, just a, you know, the way we think, it has to be compelling. So if we think, if we take that in mind, that what we're trying to do is, excuse the pun, we're trying to infuse knowledge into people's brains, not through an consulting project only, but in a way that they can take it back and infuse it into others. And I truly think that if we want to move the industry, this is another way to do that through the academy. Yeah, I, I concur completely. And I know that I do the same thing with um, with our candidate experience workshops that we do on an ongoing basis. So uh, yeah, kudos to that for sure. Listen, you've both obviously been working really hard, but I always like to ask a quick personal question at the end of the podcast. What exactly are you doing when you're hardly working? Mike, let's start with you. Uh, well, we've got this uh, this theme, and I'll, I'll just carry it through from Leap Academy. You know, we're preparing the future worker in HR through Leap Academy. I spend a lot of my spare time preparing the, the future worker through youth sports coaching. I I coach four sports. I have one child. <laughs> and I uh, coach four sports and am uh, fundraising actively for uh, one of them uh, right now with baseball season coming up. Right on. Kevin, to me, I don't, I hate that question. I mean, I love the question, but it's really hard for me to answer because I think work is life and life is work. I, as some people know, I have a really hard time blending them. But to me, I mean, Mike just said it really beautifully. I mean, I think all of us are on, all of us have this moment in, the, in life where they have like this precious presence where and it's to give back and it's to leave a legacy. So, I mean, what I'm trying to constantly do is to say, how do I do that? And that's, you know, through the relationship with my wife, through the relationship with my kids, I coach and run. You know, I, I just did a whole digital transformation for the Manhattan Beach Little League here, you know, around baseball. So I think that Mike and I are very much aligned in knowing that in order to be successful in work, you need to be successful in life. And the way to be successful in life is to make sure that you're always giving back to not only your family, but the community. So we're very, very tied to that. 
Gentlemen, thank you. Lastly, real quick, how do we learn more about LeapGen? Where do we go? What do we do? I'd say LeapGen.com is a great way to find out about us. And then our goal is to make sure that through the Leap Academy, as well as any other channel in the HR workforce technology, that the concept of Leap is out there, which is, you know, you have to love what you do to generate energy, to do the audacious and to prove the value. So whether it be the Academy, whether it be Leap Chats, whether it be our website, or whether it be working with individual organizations one-on-one, I'm sure you'll find us. But leapgen.com is where all the information is stored in central place. Excellent. Well, Jason and Mike, thank you so much for spending time on Working Tech. I appreciate it and look forward to seeing you both out there uh, very soon. Kevin, great luck on your uh, podcast. It's great to see that uh, you have turned into the Ryan Seacrest of HR and workforce technology. (laughs) I'll I'll keep that, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you both. We'll be back with more Working Tech soon. Until then, be good and work better. Brought to you by ReachWest Media and the HR Gazette.